We read the Holy Scriptures together in Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. In the mouth of, a, of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not, but knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. The heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Even in laughter the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich hath many friends. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Do they not err that devise evil? But mercy and truth shall be to them that devise good. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. A true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. In the multitude of people is the king's honor, but in the want of people is the destruction of the prince. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. 
A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous hath hope in his death. Wisdom resteth in the heart of him that hath understanding, but that which is in the midst of fools is made known. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causeth shame. We read that far. Let's consider together this afternoon, verse 15 of the passage. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the text that we are considering this afternoon teaches us the wisdom of God in regard to this aspect of life, that when we are listening to or reading what other people are saying, we do so with care and consideration and discretion, and we do not believe every word that we hear. The text is a very simple and brief proverb. It simply says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. The text is, you could put it this way, warning us against being gullible or naive. And especially, it's warning us against being spiritually gullible or naive. A gullible person is someone who believes almost anything that you say. A person who exercises very little discretion. A person who is quite easy to deceive by those who are clever. I'd like to just make an aside at this point in the introduction and say that although the text isn't addressing those who deceive, but it is addressing the simple, nevertheless, those who are clever ought not to think that it's legitimate to deceive people, even if it's done only in jest. How often do people who are clever and witty find it to be a fun sport to deceive people who are gullible and naive, to believe things that are not true? And often we will do that, and we will then go on to say, I was just joking, I was just kidding, I didn't mean anything by that. Another proverb speaks to that kind of behavior. Proverbs 26, 18 and 19 says, As a mad man who casteth firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am I not in sport? In other words, a person who makes a sport out of deceiving people to believe things that are not true. It's not kind and it's not right to deceive people just for the fun of it. But the text is warning us rather against the danger of being simple, gullible, 
naive of believing every word that we hear. And it is encouraging us to be prudent, to look well at the way that we go. As we grow older in life, I think that we become less gullible. We become less naive as we gain experience in life. But we should remember, even us adults, that also the people who are good at deception, they also hone their craft as they get older and as they gain experience in life. And therefore, whether we are young or old, the danger exists that we will believe things that are not true. And there is always a need that we are instructed in the wisdom of listening with discretion. So that's the title of the sermon this afternoon. And we consider, first of all, the folly of believing every word. Secondly, the wisdom of carefully considering. And finally, the implied twofold admonition. In our text, as he does in many places throughout the Proverbs, the Holy Spirit presents a contrast to us to show us what is the way of wisdom and what is the way of foolishness. The book of Proverbs is all about wisdom, the way of wisdom versus the way of foolishness. The particular subject here is what to do, how to respond when we hear people say things to us or when we read the things that people say in whatever context. And the Holy Spirit tells us that the simple person believes every word. Now we have to be told, first of all, that in the book of Proverbs, it is not a virtue to be simple. Sometimes we use the word simple as a virtue. It is a good thing to be simple. It is a good thing for a message to be simple, to be easy to understand, But in the book of Proverbs, if you are simple, that is not a good thing. To be simple is to be a fool. Listen to Proverbs 1, verses 20 through 22. Wisdom stands up in the streets and says, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? There, it's not a good thing to be simple. How long will you be simple, wisdom says. And scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. So we have to see that in the first part of the text, the Holy Spirit is showing us the way of folly, not the way of wisdom. Let's begin by considering that way of folly, the folly of believing every word. What does the Holy Spirit mean when he says that the simple is a man or a woman who believes every word? Well, first of all, the Holy Spirit is not saying that a person who is generally trusting, generally believing, generally charitable toward other people, in other words, a person who generally takes people at their word, is simple and foolish. Actually, just the opposite is the case. A person who generally believes what other people say, takes them at their word, assumes that they're telling the truth, unless he has good reason to be suspicious or to doubt what they are saying, is a charitable person. It is a good thing, it is a virtue, to take people at their word and to believe what they have to say, especially when we know those people to be trustworthy, 
when they, we know them to be honest people from their track record, from their life. And especially this is true within the church. We ought not to be generally suspicious of what people say in the church to us. In 1 Corinthians 13, 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul shows us that the most excellent way to behave in the church is the way of love. And one of the things he says about love is that it rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. And then this, love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. The word of God is not calling you a simple fool if you are generally trusting of the words that your brothers and sisters speak to you in the church and in the Christian family. That is the way of love. That is, when you are very consciously, very deliberately giving the judgment of charity to the words that fellow Christians say or that honest people say. That is how we ought to behave. So that is not what the Holy Spirit is condemning in the text as the way of foolishness. What the Holy Spirit is teaching is the way of foolishness is this. The person who naively believes every word that he hears, no matter who is speaking, no matter what he is talking about, no matter what the context is, with very little discretion, very little caution, very little reflection about what the person is saying. This is a person who questions almost nothing and believes practically everything that he sees, everything that he reads, for example, on the Internet, everything that he hears at the workplace. He is what you might call gullible. He is naive. He is simple. The text is warning us against being the kind of person who is easily deceived, who is easily persuaded to believe just about anything under the heaven. Now, the wisdom of the text is something that even men of the world would acknowledge in regard to earthly life, don't you think? Even men of the world would say, well, of course, you ought not to be gullible. It's not good to be naive. You ought not to believe everything that you hear, everything that you read. Even the unbeliever recognizes the foolishness of believing every word, for example, of the smooth-talking used car salesman who is trying to sell a vehicle to you and is trying to present the vehicle in the best possible light. Even the shrewd man of the world would say, don't believe every word of the fast-talking scam artists who call you randomly on your phone or whose advertisements you see on the television or who come knocking at your door with the next get-rich-quick scheme. Even the men of the world would acknowledge that when you are listening to biased political commentators on the news, you shouldn't believe every word that you hear. They are biased. They have a particular way of thinking. And the slick politicians who come around giving speeches, trying to earn your vote, even the ungodly recognize 
it would be foolish to believe everything that they say. There are people who tend to be more naive, who tend to be easily persuaded, who tend to believe everything that they hear. But the text becomes much more serious when we connect it to more important matters, the matters of life and death, the matters of God and his word, the matters of faith and unbelief, heaven and hell. When we connect it to those things, the text becomes very serious indeed. God created man in the beginning as an honest creature. God created Adam and Eve after his own image and likeness so that like himself, they too spoke the truth all the time. They were trustworthy, reliable, honest, and therefore they were able to believe every word that God said to them, and they were able to believe every word that they spoke to each other. They lived in a perfect world in the Garden of Eden. Before the fall, there was no need for the wisdom of the text before the fall. But when the serpent came, the subtle serpent, the devil, the father of lies, he spoke the first lies in human history, and he convinced Eve to believe the words that he spoke. And Adam believed the words that Eve spoke, contrary to the words that God spoke about that tree. And when they believed the lie of Satan, they acted on that lie. They acted on that false belief. They took a, a wrong step. They ate the forbidden fruit. They disobeyed. And God, therefore, cursed the human race with death. And part of that curse of death is spiritual death, which means that humans are now born dishonest by nature, untrustworthy by nature. Every single human being who comes into the world is prone to speak lies, to deceive, to twist the truth, to manipulate people, to use people to try to convince people to believe things that are not true for their own personal benefit. And we are all prone to the simplicity of the text, the foolishness of the text. Maybe you don't consider yourself a gullible person. Nevertheless, all of us are prone by nature to believe things that we ought not to believe, to be deceived by liars like the devil and his hosts. And the devil still slithers around in the world today. He still spreads lies and deceit everywhere he goes. He makes use of the unbelieving and ungodly world through the universities, through politics, through academia, through entertainment, and also through the common man in our lives. But the devil also makes use of fellow believers sometimes or at least those who claim to be believers, even those who are true believers. Think of that incident of Peter when he said to the Lord Jesus, you don't have to suffer, you don't have to die on the cross, you don't have to go to Jerusalem and endure all those things. That was Peter, a true believing child of God. But the devil was using him to try to tempt Christ because Jesus said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Satan sometimes even uses believers in their moments of weakness and pride to deceive us. 
The simple is a fool, according to our text, because he believes every word. Every word. Every word that he hears, whether in the church or out in society or in the home or in the workplace or on the television or in the magazines, he believes everything. He is easily convinced. As long as he sees no immediate danger for himself, he is willing to believe almost everything. He is a fool because he doesn't take into account the fact that we live in a fallen world. We live in a world crawling with devils. (coughs) He sees no immediate harm or danger, and therefore he believes almost everything. The folly of the text can also be applied in these ways. Sometimes people gossip to us. They share stories with us. They pass rumors to us. Sometimes they even pass to us accusations about other people. They bring allegations of things that so-and-so did. Sometimes a whole group of people can rise up in the church accusing other groups in the church, spreading seditious ideas and unprovable claims, as we've seen plenty of in our own churches in the past few years, spreading claims, unproven claims about the elders of this church or that church or this classes or that classes or the leaders of the denomination. And as we hear these things, the text says the simple is a person who believes every word. He might think to himself, Oh, I didn't hear that before. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, is that so? Is that really true? And rather than investigating to find out if these allegations and accusations really have any validity, he simply believes it. He takes it at face value and says, Well, you said it, so it must be true. Or he said it, so it must be true. That's being simple and believing every word. And you can see how we've all fallen into that. We can also apply it this way. The simple is a person who believes every word that he hears from those he considers to be experts. Well, the scientists are saying this, and therefore it must be true. Well, the politicians that I follow, they say this, so it must be true. Well, the great theologians in our denomination are saying this, and therefore, it must be true. They're the experts. I'm not an expert. They're an expert. Therefore, I have to believe every word that they say. And you see how that causes great problems in churches, too. Because when the experts start to teach that the world came into being through billions of years of evolution, and say that's what the scientists are saying, and therefore... It must be true. And the theologians start to say that. And the people start to believe every word of it. And then they are deceived. And they begin to slip and fall and backslide into all kinds of errors. We can also apply the text this way. Some might rise up and actually twist the text and turn it on its head and say, yes, the text is true. The simple is the one who believes every word of what the Bible says. You're simple. You're a fool if you believe every word in that old book. 
You really believe everything in that book? Every word? You believe it's true? That book was written thousands of years ago by a bunch of men. How can you trust it? How can you believe it? It was written long before the scientific and technological and intellectual revolutions of our times. You believe every word in the Bible? You're simple. You're a fool. And the simple will fall for that as well. The simple is the man or the woman who believes every word that those men and women say who claim that they have special revelations and special visions and special dreams who say that God spoke to me. And so they think, well, if God spoke to them, it must be true. They claim that God spoke to them. They believe those who rise up persuasive, enticing men who start new cults and new sects and new groups in the church. And with very persuasive words, they are able to draw people astray, and they believe every word of it. They believe every word of those who claim to be prophets, who claim to have found in the scriptures secret messages, and they have decoded those special messages, and now they're able to predict the exact date of the return of Christ. And they believe every word of it. They believe those heretics who rise up in the church with new doctrines or with a spin on an old doctrine, an old heresy. And although it does not fall in line with the scriptures and the creeds of the church, they believe every word of it because of the persuasiveness of these teachers. That's what the text is talking about and so much more. The simple believeth every word. That's the way of folly. In contrast, the Holy Spirit would have us take note of the prudent man. And the Holy Spirit presents before us the prudent man as the man who looketh well to his going. Literally, the man who takes careful consideration before he takes a step. That's the prudent man. This is the way of wisdom. Now, once again, we have to understand what the Holy Spirit means. The text is not saying that a prudent man is just the opposite of one who believes every word. A prudent man is a man who believes nothing. The prudent man is the one who is constantly suspicious, who is chronically doubtful and skeptical, who never believes anything anybody says. That's not prudence. The prudent man is not the one who is constantly plagued by the thought and the wonderment if this person is telling the truth, if that person is telling the truth, if they're being honest with me or not, or if they have a hidden agenda, maybe they have impure motives, maybe there is a secret conspiracy here that I have not picked up on before. And so they see lies and deception everywhere all around them coming out of the lips of practically everyone, whether friend or foe, whether family member or church, unbeliever or believer. That's not prudence. The prudent man is not the opposite of one who believes every word. The prudent man is a man who certainly has love in his heart as well. And as we saw in the first point, the more excellent way of love 
means that among brethren and people that we can trust, love believeth all things, love hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love gives the judgment of charity to what people say. But what the Holy Spirit teaches is that the prudent man looketh well to his going. The prudent man considers carefully each step that he takes. The prudent man or woman, when they listen to other people speaking to them, or when they read on the screen in their social media account, in their emails, and so forth, they do not immediately believe every word, but they carefully consider the words that are said, the words that they read, the ideas that are being put forth before they make a decision, before they make a judgment, before they form their opinion, and certainly before they take any concrete action. A prudent man looketh well to his going, He carefully considers his next step. As we said, this is a world crawling with deceitful devils and ungodly men. Imagine a prudent man versus a foolish man walking through a desert crawling with poisonous snakes. A foolish man would just walk on his way, not paying any attention. The prudent man looks well to his going. He watches his step. He knows there are serpents here. He knows there are dangers here. And he watches and he looks and he considers before he takes a step, lest he be bitten and poisoned with a snake. Likewise, a prudent man recognizes we live in a fallen world. We live in a world in which there are lots of lies and deception. And that can even rise up in the church. And therefore, he carefully considers his way before he makes a decision, before he gives his response, before he makes his judgment, before he takes a step. Now, once again, the unbelieving man or woman could also see the wisdom of this. If you're going to buy a car and you go to the used car salesman, the worldly wise man also recognizes you would be a fool to believe everything he says. You ought to, if you're prudent, you will, you will listen carefully to what he says. You will ask follow-up questions. You will look into the car. Maybe you will even bring a, a friend along to give a second opinion before you take the step of buying that car. That's going to save you a lot of, of, of hassle and, uh, and problems in the future. Or when the get-rich-quick peddler comes to town and comes to the door... Even the men of the world recognize you don't just believe everything they say. You have to be prudent. Consider carefully what they say before you make any rash decisions. And in regard to politics and business and finance and so many other earthly matters, the prudent man does not make an important decision before he carefully weighs it out. He carefully thinks it through. He's a man of discretion, a woman of wisdom and consideration. And therefore, the prudent man or woman avoids, even in earthly life, a lot of those painful consequences that come to the gullible who believe everything. But the truth of the text, again, is more serious 
when we consider it in light of spiritual matters, in regard to God, in regard to the universe, its origin, its future, in regard to faith and unbelief, life and death, the prudent looketh well to his going and carefully considers his steps. The prudent Christian, when he hears that gossip, when he hears that rumor about this person or that person, he carefully considers what is being said. He doesn't immediately believe it and then respond to it, but he carefully considers what is said. And if he is growing in wisdom, he might even remember what the Proverbs say. For example, in Proverbs 26, 22 through 25, about the gossip, the words of a talebearer, a gossip, are as wounds. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. The scriptures warn us about believing what the talebearer says. The talebearer loves to spread gossip and rumors and ideas that he hasn't validated because he just loves to do that. And so the wisdom of God warns us, when he speaks his fair words, believe him not. There are seven abominations in his heart. Furthermore, when the prudent man hears accusations, allegations, claims of wrongdoing and injustice and wickedness and heresy and all the rest, he doesn't immediately believe those claims. He looks well to his going. He considers carefully his step. He investigates it if need be. He also remembers that every man sounds just in his own cause. There's another proverb that says that. Every man who comes with a claim, who comes with an allegation, seems to be just in his own cause. And maybe he's telling the truth. And in the church, we ought often to take those claims very seriously and to believe them, but to withhold judgment until we investigate. Look into it. Find out what the truth is. Validate it. Hear the other side of the story. There are always two sides to a story. Even basic wisdom ought to teach us that. But the prudent man is one who does not care if the high and the mighty call him simple because he believes every word of the Bible. The prudent man says, go ahead, call me simple. Call me a fool, if you will. Nevertheless, I believe that Bible. I believe every word in that Bible. I believe that's God's, God's word. That Bible is the rule for my faith and my life. You see, there has to be a standard to evaluate whether to believe something or not to believe something, whether to consider what someone says true or false. And what is that standard? The standard is the Scriptures. The standard is God's Word. God always speaks the truth. And He speaks the truth to us in the Bible. And therefore, for the prudent man, the Scriptures are a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path. The, the Scriptures are his moral and theological compass the scriptures show him what to believe and what not to believe. 
And therefore, he weighs every word that he hears according to the scriptures. He doesn't just believe every scientist's claim just because he's a scientist or politician or theologian or preacher. He weighs it out according to scripture. He weighs it against the truth of the gospel of Christ. Because that is what he believes absolutely, without any doubt. He believes the words of his Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The prudent man is a Christian, a believer, a child of God, and therefore a person who hears the voice of the shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They know my voice. When the sheep hears the voice of the shepherd, we know that voice. We know that's true. And knowing the truth of the words of Jesus, we are preserved from all deception. You know, the scriptures warn us in many places against deception. We find that, for example, in Jeremiah 12, verses 5 and 6, If thou hast run with the the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou trustedst they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? For even thy brethren and the house of thy father, even they have dealt treacherously with thee. Yea, they have called a multitude after thee. Believe them not, though they speak fair words unto thee. There's a warning about being deceived. We find that in Matthew 24 from our Lord. In the last times, he says, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Verse 11, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Later in verse 24, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. But it's not possible. It's not possible for anyone to deceive the elect. But we must be warned against those deceptions because The Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, who shed his blood for us on the cross, he loves us so much that he died for us to pay for all of our foolishness, all of our sin, all of our lies and deceiving and conniving. He paid for all of that through his shed blood and he's not going to let us go now. He loves us and he gives us the gift of faith And that gift of true faith is a faith that knows the voice of the shepherd when when we hear it. We know what we believe. We know what is true. There may be many things we don't know, but we know what is true. We know the voice of Christ who loved us and died for us and rose again and promises to come. And we know that's the Christ. Anyone who rises up in the earth and says, I am Christ, Do not be deceived, the Lord says. Do not believe every word that you hear. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be preserved 
in the midst of all these deceptions and apostasies in the world. And so, finally, there's a twofold admonition. And that simply is taking the wisdom of the text and turning it into an admonition. The admonition is, first of all, don't be simple. Don't believe every word that you hear. The word simple in the original Hebrew of the text means open or wide. So the admonition is don't be wide open in regard to what you believe. Don't be open-minded in the bad sense of the word. Now there is a good sense of being open-minded. We ought to be open-minded to learning new truths out of the scriptures. We ought to be open-minded to putting into practice things required in Scripture that we're not currently putting into practice. And we also ought to be open-minded to the wisdom and ideas of other believers regarding the way things ought to be done. But we ought not to be open-minded. We ought not to be wide open to every philosophy and every wind of doctrine and every opinion Do not be simple. Do not believe every word. But weigh the words that you hear according to Scripture. And that's the positive and the second part of the admonition. Be prudent. Interestingly, the word prudent in the text is the same word that is translated subtle in Genesis 3. The serpent was more prudent than any other beast of the field. The serpent was more subtle, clever, shrewd. That's the same word as in our text, translated prudent, because there's a, a good and a bad sense of being clever or shrewd. There are those who are clever and shrewd to deceive people. They use their cleverness, they use their intellect, they use their wit to manipulate people, to deceive people, to use people to spread lies, and to create sedition. But there is such a thing as good cleverness and good subtlety. After all, the Lord Jesus says, be wise as serpents, but be harmless as doves. Be wise just like the serpent, but not wise to do evil, wise to do good. Be wise to avoid deception. Use your wisdom, use your God-given prudence to carefully consider your step. Don't be reactionary. Don't respond right away. Listen, have discretion. Use wisdom when you hear things and look well to your going. The Apostle John warns the New Testament church in 1 John 4, verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Our comfort is that the Lord Jesus Christ uses admonitions like this for the very purpose of preserving us, for the very purpose of increasing our wisdom, of opening our eyes to deception, that we might see it for what it is and flee from it and to give us the prudence 
of considering well our way. May God grant that to us. Amen. Our Father, we thank Thee for the wisdom of Thy Word and the many ways it applies to our lives. We pray, O God, that Thou would give us that prudence whereby we consider carefully each step, each decision, each opinion that we hear. And we pray, preserve us from believing every word. Grant that we might act wisely and with charity in the church and protect us from the lies of our enemy. Go with us in the week to come as we return to our homes and to work and school. and Whatever our callings are, may we do all to the best of our abilities in the service to Thee, our God. Forgive us our sins. Keep us from sinful ways. In Jesus' name, amen.